0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Centers podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Hungry for the Word this morning. So I want you a five of you. Come on, that's great. How many are hungry for the Word of God this morning? There you go. So let's turn to your Bible. We, we've been in a series. I couldn't preach last week, so I was supposed to preach this message last week. So we've been in a series that I uh, is probably my most comprehensive. By a Bible study or my most comprehensive uh, sermon that I've ever preached in a church setting. And it's Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. And the reason why it's called Sermon on the Mount is not because it's a buzz phrase, it's because he literally preached a sermon on a mountain. And and think about it. He waited almost 30 years Uh, uh, and some historians say that after he preached a little bit and healed a little bit his first major preaching his first major teaching in front of a very large audience was the Sermon on the Mount and he starts the Sermon on the Mount with eight specific blessings that he pronounces on people if we yield to these realities because they're not automatic if they were automatic there would would be no need for Jesus to say blessed are you if you're this blessed are you if you're this because then everybody Everybody will be blessed. Everybody say amen. This is all just a review, okay? I'm going to give you, I'm going I'm to read the first two Beatitudes, give you a quick review on each Beatitude, then we're going to go on the third Beatitude that I believe is going to really anchor us in our character, and I believe it's going to save some of you. I laugh because I know what's coming. It's going to save some of you from trouble. How many of us, our mouth get us in trouble? How many of us we could cop a quick attitude every now and then. Come on, every now and then. This sermon is for you. <laughs> all right? Now listen. So, so watch this. Here's a review. Let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 5. Let's read it, okay? We're going to read from verse 1 uh, all the way through verse, um, through verse uh, sorry. We're going to read from verse 3. You know what? Let's just start on verse one, sorry. All the way through verse five. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down each of the previous uh, Beatitudes really quickly for review. And then we're going to get into this third Beatitude. Now, remember, the Beatitudes are progressive in nature. Everybody say that with me. The Beatitudes are progressive in nature in other words they build on each other you can't have one fully mature without the previous one being fully mature but these beatitudes are listen the blessings this is key for those of you who have not been here for the last couple of weeks the key to understanding the beatitudes the first little the, the first part of Jesus sermon is that the beatitudes are unconditional promises in other words they're not conditional they don't happen automatically to every believer not every believer is blessed because not every believer is poor in spirit do you understand that not everyone that, Jesus, that, that is a Christian believing the Lord, having fun in the name of Jesus, is, is labeled blessed in this context because we have to yield to these principles in order for these principles to come to pass. Can I hear an amen? So with that, look at uh, verse 3. Uh, sorry verse one is on the screen and the new King James I know I gave you guys verse three but let's start in verse one and seeing the multitude Jesus went up on a mountain and he and, and, and as he was seated his disciples came to him now look at this then he opened his mouth and he taught them saying this is epic number one blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven look at me for a second we talked about three weeks ago that The poor in spirit refers to the reality that we cannot produce any godliness or godly desires apart from the Holy Spirit in us. But that is good news. That's what poor in spirit means. We are absolutely bankrupt to produce any godliness or godly desires apart from the Holy Spirit living in us. And you say, oh, no, that's actually really good because that produces a dependency on God. So when we have a revelation that we can't fight this temptation on our own, when we have the revelation that we can't live by the law and overcome things, when we have the revelation that, you know, there's no good in me apart from God, it will produce a quick dependence and surrender to the Holy Spirit. But we as Christians have to come to that revelation. Because some of you are trying, and I won't get ahead of myself, but in my daily readings in Romans 8 and Romans 9, I am just keep repeating Romans 8, Romans 9. Oh my goodness, it says, you, it says, it says the, God's people, Israel, tried to serve God by their own, by following the law. That's what Romans 8 says. He says, but the people like the Gentiles, I'm going to them because the people that were not my people, now I'm calling them my people. So poor in spirit is a revelation that we don't have anything to do of godliness in us. And then the next verse, look at the next verse. Blessed are they that mourn. That was two, two weeks ago, not two years ago, two weeks ago. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, we, remember, that was a revelation because not everyone that cries, please listen to me. I'm trying to be sensitive. Not everyone that cries over a death of a loved one is automatically blessed. If all we have to do to be blessed is mourn, and I'm being sensitive here, but I'm trying to tell you what this scripture really means. If everyone is automatically blessed just because they mourn a loved one, then then Jesus will not have to specify, blessed are they that mourn. Because atheists mourn, uh, Satanists mourn, are they called blessed by God just because they cry over a loved one? Come on, somebody. No, so Jesus is not talking about the blessed part. Now, will we all be comforted in a way if we seek the Lord? Yes, but he says, blessed are they that mourn. What is he talking about two weeks ago? We talked about spiritual mourning, which is repentance. Why? In Joel chapter 2, come with me with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Do you think he's talking about mourning over loved ones on purpose? Hey, everyone, come to me. If you want revival, come to me with fasting, weeping, and make sure you cry over a loved one. Then I will pour out my spirit. That's not what he's talking about. He says the mourning part is the spiritual mourning. We talked about godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. This is our review because I'm about to go into the third, third one. Godly sorrow is Saul, uh, example of Saul. And God, uh, and sorry, worldly sorrow is Saul's example. Godly sorrow is David's example. Saul and David both repented before the Lord. But one of them repented because he wanted to keep his position. Uh Uh-oh. One of them said sorry because he wanted to look good in front of the elders, which was Saul when he got caught, right, and and, and was disobedient. David, when he did a more grievous sin than Saul, he said, I have grieved the heart of God. And in Psalm 51, he said, against you and you alone, I I have sinned. Please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Both of them repented. But one of them produced death and one of them produced life. Corinthians says, godly sorrow produces death, but spiritual sorrow, or, or godly sorrow, did I say godly sorrow before? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Worldly sorrow, some of you looking at me like, okay, thank you. Worldly sorrow produces death. Godly sorrow produces life, unto repentance. So when he says, blessed are they that mourn, Jesus is talking about true biblical repentance, not just God pronouncing a blessing over every single person who mourns, Amen. And then spiritual mourning is a proper reaction to being poor in spirit. And lastly, that word being comforted, when it says, blessed in the morning, they shall be comforted. Everybody say comforted. Another word for comforted, we saw it was refreshing and a spiritual outpouring. Hello? It's not just being comforted and pat on the back. Another word for refreshing is an outpouring of the spirit. Listen to me. Look at this. The Bible says in Acts, repent, therefore, so that times of refreshing may come through the presence of the Lord. Repentance has become a curse word in the church. And when it, every time repentance is spoken from a preacher, something, the, the, the people may not like it. But Jesus is talking about a spiritual mourning that produces holiness. Can I hear an amen? So he said, blessed are they that mourn. They, they they're hurt They hurt the heart of God and they're mourning over their sin. Now, here is today. And It says this. Look at look at verse uh, the next verse up there. Bless are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Everybody say, "Bless are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." Listen to me. I could almost sense the excitement of Jesus saying, "Bless are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Bless are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, you have to understand something about the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, that the greatest thing that God could ever do in the life of an individual is that of character, and the Beatitudes are how our attitudes should be. That's why it's called the Beatitudes. That's why many theologians label it Beatitudes, because they looked at that scriptures, and they said, these are how Christian character attitudes should be. Now watch this. Why do I say this? The greatest thing that God could ever do in your life is not how much money you make or how many people you lead to the Lord. All that that is fantastic. It is that of godly character. At the end of your life, will people see you as a man or a woman of God or someone that just used the name of God to, as a title but not really living it? Now, why do I say all that? Because meekness is a character trait that we have to develop. It doesn't come automatically. Now, watch this. Be- meekness has not been sought after because people don't understand what meekness is. Because meekness has a reputation of being soft and it's not popular because many people confuse meekness with weakness. And meekness is not weakness. It's far from the truth. The reason why people don't even focus too much on meekness because it's not attracted to some Christians but i'm telling you the webster dictionary i'm going to read it of the word weakness look at the difference of the word weakness is this it's not going to be on your screen the webster dictionary of the word weakness is quote a fault or a defect that brings about an inability to function properly in a particular area of our lives i'm going to say that again weakness is a fault or a defect That brings about an inability to function properly in a particular area of our lives. Some of us have weaknesses. We have an inability to sometimes overcome certain things. There's some weaknesses that some people may have continually have. That is not meekness. Meekness is not weakness. As a matter of fact, here's the first slide. Look at what the definition, Greek definition of meekness is in the Bible. Look at this. The biblical word for meekness, I'm about to shout, is defined as this, quote, an attitude of humility by choice. You better thank him. You better thank somebody. (laughs) An attitude of humility by choice, strength and courage held under control. So then meekness is control strength and restraint mingled with humility. (laughs) So meekness is controlled strength, say control strength, say restraint, mingled with humility. You better thank God for that. I said, you better thank, listen, just because you don't see the beast in me doesn't mean that it's not in there. Just because people don't see the beast in you doesn't mean it's not in there. You could, you could, you could be beastly, you could be a little fleshly sometimes, you could get out of character, but it's meekness that puts that under control. That is true power. That is true dominion. That is true authority. It is not weakness because meekness has the power to fuss, has the power to rebel, but chooses to restrain itself under control of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Now that is true power. It's not the raging man that is is angry and is punching the wall. That raging man may be scary, but he's not powerful. He may be scary punching the wall, but true, true power is when everything in you wants to explode with negative emotions. Listen, when things don't go your way and the meekness muscle that you've developed or allow the Holy Spirit to develop says, no, that's not coming out your mouth. Come on. It's, listen, control control strength, humility by choice. You better thank somebody for that. Because some of you would have been chewed out by somebody if they weren't walking in meekness. Or you would have done something foolish and said something you would have regretted if you didn't have weakness in your life. The Bible says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is so necessary, church, to continue in our walk in freedom because this quality drastically helps us keep our heart, mind, and emotions under control when negative things happen in our lives. I'll say that again. This character trait of meekness helps us to keep our mind, emotions, and attitudes under control when things don't go our way. Because many of us, come on, let's be honest, we tend to react certain ways when things don't go our way. And it will really test how spiritual we really are. Look at this next point. Meekness gives us the ability, come on, say this with me. To not get quickly angry or quickly emotional. Based on the biblical definition of meekness that I didn't make up, it's in the Greek. Controlled strength. Humility by choice. It's restraint, right? Based on that definition, meekness has the ability to have us not quickly be angry. Come on, say amen. How I many been chewed out in the world, and you acted differently when you were chewed out at church, or in your Christian walk, and you said you you better be glad I'm saved? Well, you know, you, you, you know what that is? Is God. Watch this now. God, the way that He instills attributes in us is He allows us to go through something so that attribute that needs to grow can grow. Like, if you're jealous from somebody, you just don't say, Lord, take this jealousy away from me. You know what he says? You know what he does? He'll bring somebody that you're jealous of and have him sit right next to you. So that it will give you an opportunity to let that, that muscle, spiritual muscle, grow of not accusing them and start rolling your eyes at them. So if you're asking for meekness, get ready because sometimes you're going to be tested Your attitude is going to be tested, but it's a beautiful attribute. Listen, because meekness did not, Jesus walked in power. Jesus was a meek man, but he wasn't a weak man. Jesus walked in power, and it did not diminish his authority. If anything, meekness confirmed his authority. It confirmed it. When everyone was beating him down, and he did not say a word, the Bible says he was led as a lamb to the slaughter and did not open his mouth. Thank God he had meekness. Could you imagine how many people would have died? oh come on I pray. could you imagine how many people would have died if Jesus didn't walk in meekness and control strength and he just bursted out in negative emotion when people were slapping him? don't you know I'm the son of God zap bam don't you ever touch to me like that and you I don't like how you l- looked at me bam you're dead thank God you know how many people would have died listen listen The Son of God, the Son of God, the creator of the world, beard getting slapped, uh, I mean ripped out, face being slapped, whipped, and he said not a word. And listen, you know what meekness is proven in, in that story? Because when he was getting whipped and he was getting flogged and he was all bloodied, Pilate looked at him and says, don't you understand? Watch this. I have the power to let you go. Come on, you know the scriptures. Oh, come on, you know where I'm going. Jesus all bloody looked at him and said, you have no power unless my father gave it to you. In other words, the reason why you're doing this is because humanity needs to be saved, and I have to go through this. But believe me, you have no power over me. The meek person is the one who has their emotions in check under control and not burst out into negative emotions when things don't go their way. If I could just be open and honest, Christians sometimes are, are uh, we're just spoiled sometimes. We pout a lot. We cry a lot. We fuss a lot. Amen? And then we get people hurt. Listen, listen, all of us had moments that we've heard something that agitates us. Come on, right? Say amen. Bothered us. And sadly, our first reaction sometimes is an unrestrained emotional response. Unrestrained emotional response. Listen, that actually reveals how spiritual we really are. Can I hear an amen? Because... The test of our spiritual maturity sometimes is in our level of meekness that we have in our lives or we've developed in our lives. And with me, I've developed meekness, meekness through hardship because it just, you know, Jesus said, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're, um, you're just kicking against the goals. You're kicking against the, the pricks. You're not going to win. You're not going to win, Paul. And Paul, he revealed himself to Paul. He's like, you're, you're fighting against somebody that you're never going to win, Right? And so I believe that, you know, we we believe we're spiritual until someone cuts us off on I-4. Okay. My talking real? We, we think we're we're real spiritual until someone says something that something that we don't like. We think we're really spiritual until someone does something that agitates us. <laughs> I, I just Jesus had to deal with many personalities, and as we're growing, I'm finding that I'm, I have to deal with a lot of personalities in my leadership, and they're like from le- they're from like north to south. We have extroverts, we have really introverts, we have people that would you know like whatever, whatever it is. But I realize that I feel that the Lord's telling me and my wife, God is testing us to see how we respond. It's meekness. Remember, remember David, when, when Shimei, I use that story, Shimei was throwing rocks at David? That's like me throwing rocks at the president. It's like, boo. You know what's going to happen? Today at 6 o'clock, Pastor George Sotolonga was arrested. For, and, you know, you'll see me in the news uh, arrested. All right. Shimei was throwing rocks at David. He was saying, boo, David, boo. Who are you? You're not a good king. And, and Joab was like, can I please just kill him? I love what David said. Meekness. Ready? No. Let him throw those rocks because it may be God trying to tell me something through him. Read it. God may be allowing this to happen to work something in me. You're not saying amen today. Mm. so there's a revelatory scripture in the book of proverbs that i want you to read here that gives us a key insight in regards to the power of control strength everybody say control strength that's meekness look at proverbs chapter 16 everybody turn to proverbs 16 verse 32 oh this is one of my favorite scriptures proverbs 16 verse 32 are you there are you alive are you focused proverbs 16 32 look it up go up get up there He who is slow to anger. Now, remember the definition of meekness, okay? Control, strength, humility by choice. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit is mightier than he who takes a city. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Watch this now, church. Meekness. I'm talking about meekness here. Don't, don't. Don't get distracted. And he who rules his spirit is mightier than he who takes a city. Do you see the principle of meekness in here? The principle of meekness is this, is that Jesus the Lord in Proverbs is saying that, that because of control strength or meekness here, the principle of meekness, the Lord is suggesting that the person that rules his spirit is better and mightier than the person that takes a whole city. Wow. You want godly character? Or do you want power? A lot of Christians want power, but they don't want godly character. I'm going to give you a newsflash. God will not trust you with power until you get the character portion right. Because if he just gives you power, and he just gives you a great anointing, and he gives you a great gift without any character development, you are going to crush people in the process, and you're going to hate the things that God called you because you're doing it for the wrong purpose. But if you seek first the character part, the calling won't crush you. Glory to God. That's why God is saying, bless are the meek. He's like, I'm not telling you to have power yet. You guys need to humble. We need to have meekness and humility, Control strength. Listen, listen. He who, he who's slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules the spirit is greater than he who takes the city. Now watch this. I said all that to say this. What is one of the greatest things that we need meekness for? Are you ready? And I know you're going to shout, but to me, as I said this scripture, one of the main reasons we all need meekness and control strength, look at this next this slide. One of the greatest needs for meekness in our lives is the ability to restrain our tongue. Help us, Jesus. So we're talking about restraint here. We're talking about controlled strength. We're talking about meekness as humility by choice. And one of the main things that we need meekness for is what comes out of our mouth. One of the main things you and I need meekness for is to be slow to. To, to release what everything that's wanting to come out of our mouth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. But what comes out of our mouth and how it comes out of our mouth. <laughs> Listen to me. We need meekness for what comes out of our mouth and how or the tone. Because you could be saying the right thing but saying in the wrong way and mess everything up. I've always said this example when I was, when I was a youth pastor. I could, say, I could say, Joanne, could you open the door? Or I could say, Joanne, could you open the door? Now, I said the exact same thing. Not different words. The tone was completely different. And i may tell you something. No one's going to receive from you if you lack meekness in your life. Because I'm going to tell you something, just a little secret. It's not my notes. Meekness, a lack of meekness is spiritually unattractive to people. No one, no one cares how anointed you are, sir. No one cares how great you could preach or sing. or No one cares about that. They look at humility. They look at meekness. They look at character. That's the attractive spiritual side. I always told the people when I was a youth pastor, I drilled this to them. I said, your first attraction in someone should be a spiritual one, not a physical one. And I'm not saying you have to marry an ugly person or unattractive, someone that's unattractive. But your first attraction should be a spiritual one. Why? Because if you don't, you get mixed into being unequally yoked. Oh man, I just love that anointing. Oh, I love that power. He has a handsome face. Yeah, but does he pray? Does he fast? Does he live holy? Does he go to church? Does he quote scriptures? Does he walk in humility? There's a lot of preachers that walk in power, but they walk in very little character. Do people see Jesus in you or do they just see your reputation or what you do? Come on, say amen. Oh, do we need control strength concerning our tongue? Everybody say our tongue. See that the, the meekness is the ability not to not to jab back or like some the young people not to clap back. Meekness is the ability, <laughs> meekness is the ability not to clap back on people because some of us we could clap back and jab back. Listen, I did that many years. Someone someone did say something to me. Boy, I was I I I. I I sharpen them. I cut them. But the Lord says, you are wrong. That's not meekness. Meekness is controlled strength. Yes, there's times the, to, that we need to talk to people. But even when we do, we have to make, realize that the people that are before us are God's creation. Amen? Meekness can actually give us the power to not give in to anger. You know, you know I, I wrote this down. Instead of maybe praying that God will control your anger issues, Maybe start praying that meekness will increase in your life. Instead of rebuking anger, maybe try saying, Lord, I need more meekness in my life. I surrender to this reality in my life. I I realize uh, my heart is not right. See, your heart heart will tell you. The Bible says your heart will convict you if you're not. I I say this all the time, but like runners, when they run, after they run, they check their pulse. Why? Because they want to see if their heart is right. Every now and then we need to check our spiritual pulse and see, am I doing things right? Is my heart right with this person? Is my heart right in this position? Is, it, is my heart right with, with my job, with my boss, with my wife, with my kids, with my husband? Whatever it is, is my heart right? Meekness has the ability to even quench anger. Now watch this. Everybody say, meekness is controlled strength. So meekness could quench Wrath and anger, I call it the meekness muscle, has to be developed in you so that when everything is coming at you, watch this. Meekness gives you the ability to stay calm when the storms are coming in your life. Blessed are the meek. Listen listen to this. You want to know, know true power? What's the rest of that verse? They will inherit not a property. They will not inherit a house. Blessed are the meek, they're not going to inherit a city. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In other words, true dominion and authority is trusted with people that walk in humility and meekness. Look at James chapter 1 in the NLT. James chapter 1 in the NLT. Are you getting something this morning? Trust me, this may be hard for some, but we need it. I need it. When I'm preaching this, don't just say, ouch. Say, ooh, this is good. I need to develop this in my life. What area in your life that you need to grow in meekness in is in the area of what you say? Do you pop off real suddenly when, when things go your way, don't go your way? Do you get quickly angry? Do you think that's attractive to your spouse? Watch this. James chapter 1, verse 19. It got quiet up in here. It's okay. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning, church. All right? Look at this. In NLT, are you ready? And I've read this. Listen, guys, I've read this a million times. But as I'm studying the Beatitudes, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I see the principle of control strength now all over the Bible. Look at this. You know where it says slow to to anger? I never realized that. What's the ability to slow to anger? It's meekness. Sometimes we read a scripture and we're like, that's great, but how do we do that? And it doesn't even give us the clue. But through other scriptures, it gives us clues now. That meekness is control strength. Are you ready for this? Look at this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. That means listen real quick first before you respond. I had such a problem with that. When my wife would say something and I would try, I would cut it off. My wife is a great listener. (laughs) But sometimes when I want things, when I think, I cut people off. And I'm like, no, that's not right. (laughs) Right? Now watch this. Quick to listen. Everybody say, slow to speak. Now here, watch this, and slow to get angry. So let's read that again. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You all must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, I have read that scripture a million times, but I never connected the dots. That is the meekness attribute that gives us the ability to be slow to anger. Listen, and slow to speak. Hello? What did we just say we need meekness for? What do we need it for? For what comes out of our mouth? Now, now, now watch this: the ability to slow anger or wrath is a direct result of meekness being mature in us. You know, another scripture that I shared about a month ago, and Chris, you remember this, It's about a month ago, one of my probably top five all-time scriptures that I will say probably five times throughout the year, probably, because it's just always such a principle. But again, I want to say this. Have you ever read a scripture and then get another revelation of that same scripture that you read? Have you ever read a scripture and God gives you a truth to that and then all of a sudden you read that same scripture and you're like, oh, I see this in the scripture. Proverbs 15 verse 1. Watch this. Look at this. This, this, this blew me away. In the NLT, we're talking about meekness, which is controlled strength, humility by choice. Amen? Watch this. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I'm going to read that again. A gentle answer answer, everybody say answer, deflects anger. Okay, now listen to what we were just speaking about up until this point. But harsh words make tempers flare. Now, do you notice that what what deflects anger and what makes tempers flare have to do with words? Listen to me. I'm going to break this down. What makes tempers flare or deflects anger have to do with words. Everybody say words. And how the words come out of our mouth and what comes out of our mouth is a direct result of the measure of meekness inside of you. That's a good word right there. That's a good word. And how the words come out of your mouth and what comes out of your mouth is a direct result of the measure of meekness that you've developed inside of you. So we have the ability, we have the ability to deflect anger. Listen, deflect anger Or make tempers flare by what we say out of our mouth and what comes out of our mouth. If I could just say something prophetically, some things that you're about to say should never be said. Because you're doing it in an emotional state. You're doing it when you're agitated. And you will say something that will hurt people and then you'll have to do some recovery damage in the process that will take much longer. Meekness is the ability to say nope. I'm going to wait until I calm down. And you develop that spiritual muscle of meekness. And listen, it's not condoning what they're doing. is that you're waiting for the right time. Come on, say amen. See, you have to understand there is a time to confront, but you confront in love, not in an angry state. Man, I'm preaching good this morning. We've been missing it all along meekness is like water. What does the reputation of water have? It's soft, it's gentle, it's harmless. I was thinking about this last night, and I felt the Holy Spirit. Water has a reputation, right? Soft, harmless, gentle, but when there's a fire, what do we grab? Water. Water quenches fire. And I was sitting in my couch, and I was Reading the scriptures, and you know what came to mind? This phrase: "You know, it's also gentle. You know, it's also considered gentle and uh, soft." The person of the Holy Spirit—he's a gentleman. He came on Jesus like a dove, but he is the power of the of the gospel. He is the power of every Christian. So listen, it is mingled restraint mingled with self-control. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I, I believe this is so important. How many want to live a spirit-filled life? I got this revelation just a couple weeks ago. One person wants to live a spirit-filled life. How, how many want to live a spiritual life? Now, now watch this because this is so vital. Meekness this because it has its roots in one of the, the main fruits of the spirit do you know that meekness, I never saw this before, but meekness has its root in one of the main fruits of the Spirit. And it's nine fruits of the Spirit. And the Bible says that the nine fruits of the Spirit are byproducts of a Spirit-filled life. We think Spirit-filled life is only people, charismatics, feel, think that a Spirit-filled life is only speaking in tongues. That is not what a Spirit-filled life is. You could be speaking in tongues and have lust up all over in your heart. You know what a spiritual life looks like. Listen, a fruit walking in the fruits of the spirit. Because the gifts of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit are given to you, and yes, you could develop them. But you don't. You could be backslidden and still operate in your gift. But a fruit is speaking of character. When fruits of the spirit are strong, you will walk in the spirit. How do you walk in the spirit? Do you just speak in tongues all day? No. Or do you yield to the person of the Holy Spirit so the fruits of the Spirit could come forth out of it? Now, look at Galatians. I'll prove it to you. Because self control is the key essential product of a spirit filled life. Put that up there. Put that up there. Put that up there. Come on. If you guys knew this and when you were children, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self control. Do you remember that? Do you remember the fruits of the Spirit? Some of it was a song. But it was self-control. So I realized if we walk in self-control or meekness, we are living partly and walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means that you have self-control over emotional outbursts, over, over lustful outbursts, over anger outbursts. That's walking in the Spirit. It's not only just quoting Scriptures and speaking in tongues. Look at this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Come on, read it with me in the NLT. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You know, that's so good. I'm going to read that again. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, then, conditional, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Look at Keep, keep reading. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gives us desires that are the opposite, glory to God, of what the sinful nature, nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Now look at verse 19. Hop to verse 19. This is key. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Are you ready? These are the the results of yielding to the flesh, not the spirit. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, darkness, wild parties, and other sins like these. All these are a result of not walking in the Spirit and giving in to our flesh. That's all the results. Now watch the good news. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, this is for somebody, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Watch this. But, everybody say But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience help us kindness watch this all these are are what what a christian fruit fruitfulness should be goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no law against these there's no law or restraint against these fruits one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control come on say self-control Self-control and restraint um, have principles of, meek, of, of meekness. And they, they, I can see them in medicine, I can see them in nature, and I can see them in animals. The principle of meekness is what I'm talking about. For instance, medicine. Do you all agree that medicine at times are important to get us healed, right? To fix us up, all right? But unrestrained dosage could kill somebody and overdose them and do harm. But medicine is powerful, watch this, when it's kept under restraint. But if you don't give medicine dosage, you will overdose. OK? Now, now Now, a horse is powerful and it's wild, but it's controlled by a harness and a bit in its mouth so that it could be used for its proper purposes. but it's restrained, not to bring it slavery, but to bring about its purpose. Wildfire could kill people and destroy crops and destroy for, uh, forests. But if you harness and control fire, what does it do? It helps you cook your food and it keeps you warm. But if it's unrestrained, it'll burn you. We see it in nature. We see it in animals. We need to start seeing it in the church. When people... Meekness has the ability to make you stand out when, because in your job and in your work and you're constantly being barraged or you're being harassed or the boss don't like you or something's going on and you remain Christ-like. You know what's going to happen? People are going to say, what do you have? What is this? Why does It seems like nothing bothers you. Well, it may bother you, but you're choosing to not let the beast out. <laughs> oh, come on. That's good. Meekness is the ability to not let the beast out and instead couple it with kindness and words of kindness. But there is a time that you, you will speak, but you have to speak it in the things of the Lord. Come on, say amen. All right, I'm almost done here. I'm almost done. All right? When do we need meekness the most? Now, you're going you're gonna to shout at this. I'm going to have the worship team in just a second. When do we need meekness the most other than other than the the... Our, our tongue are you ready are you ready for this we definitely me- need meekness the most during times of slander and we're victims of slander and gossip come on can i preach for a second when we are victims of slander and gossip most christians want to lash out and give them a piece of their mind as a matter of fact many times when we're victims of slander our true heart is revealed and the words that come out of our mouth are not the words that should come out of our mouth so when we're a victim of slander and gossip, oh, believe me, that's the hardest time to stay quiet. But if you allow the Lord to defend you, remember when, I'm going to get to Isaiah in a second. You have to allow the Lord to defend you. Let's be honest. What happens to us when we find out someone got talked about, talked about us in a wrong way? Or we find out someone lied about us? <laughs> Do, this is hard. I'm going to say, admit, this is hard. Do we keep loving them the next day? There's some people that have gossiped about me and they don't know that I know, but I have to still love them the next day. They have no clue that I know. They just talk behind my back. I'm like, how you doing? God bless you. You doing good? And in my mind, they're like, they just just lied about you. They just talked about you. Meekness will give you the ability to let God handle things, not you. We said this before, the second, the, the, re, the second reason we need meekness the most is when we need to control our tongue from negative emotions or negative circumstances that we experience. Now, we said that, but I want to I I prove it with the scripture that I read, that I said. Isaiah 53, verse 5 through 7, real quick. Five through seven. If you look it up on the screen, or you can highlight it in your in your Bibles. But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. We all know this, but let's look at meekness here. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Lord. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he—this is the key—and he was oppressed. And he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so Jesus opened not his mouth. Come on, say, say he was afflicted and oppressed. Say he was afflicted and oppressed, yet he did not open his mouth. Can we honestly say that that's how we will respond when we are afflicted and oppressed? Could we honestly say, could I honestly say, that we will not open our mouth to destroy something that God wants to take care of when we are afflicted, listen, or when we are oppressed. This is a character trait that God wants to develop in the church. And I'm not saying we have to be perfect, but we need to strive for it. Come on, we need to yield to it. Come on, say Amen. If anyone had the right to speak out when they were getting beaten, it's the Son of God. Come on. If anyone had the right to say, hey, stop it, that's enough. If one more, you're going to have a heart attack. If anybody had the right to say anything negative was Jesus, but he didn't, watch this. I'm going to have the the worship team come up now, please. Now, I need you to see this because this third one is good. The third reason we need meekness, the third times. are you ready? Put that up and times when we're being corrected. Preach that. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. When we are being corrected. Now, I want you to zoom in on me because this is important. We're we're good with meekness when it comes to maybe our tongue. We're, We're good because it's us. We're good with meekness when we have to yield to certain things. But when we are corrected, this is the greatest time that we need meekness because I have news for you other than the Holy Spirit. I have great news for you, but some of it's not great. Please hear me because I'm going to lovingly, lovingly pop some of our bubbles, okay? Here's a news flash other than the Holy Spirit, other than the Word of God. Ready? Are you ready for this revelation? God uses people to correct us, and it's biblical. Is there people that use that for their advantage? Absolutely. But you can't take away the principle when it's there. Other than the Holy Spirit, I got news for you. God uses people to correct us. And here is the danger that when we don't walk in meekness and we and we agitate when god when someone god is using someone to correct maybe our lifestyle or correct something that we said or correct something that we're doing if we react not in meekness it will it will actually cancel or forfeit the lesson that god wanted to bring you through that correction do you hear me there's a lesson that god wants to bring to you sometimes through people Sometimes through your parents, sometimes through your spiritual leaders, sometimes through your spouse. I can't tell you how many times I had to realize that what my wife was saying was correct, and I had to yield to it because she was correcting me. Just the other day, I was driving, and I was like, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, because I'm just tired of this. And you know what she said, babe, that's not how you do that. Yeah, but they're wrong. They're wrong. And she's like, yeah, but this is how you should say it and I'm driving, I'm like, you're right. Thank God that I didn't say, I yielded to that correction because I don't want, if, if I'm allowing meekness to grow in my life, I have to be willing, listen to me, to be corrected every now and then. Not for people who are looking to who correct, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Oh, gosh, I have so much to share. But later in the Sermon on the Mount, which I'm going to get to in many weeks from now, Christians Christians misconstrued certain scriptures because it's popular. And we misconstrued where it says judge not unless you needs me judge, right? Now, yes, there is a time where we can't, but Jesus in Matthew 7 is talking about fault-finding judgment. In other words, judging to find fault. But he did not say that we can't judge other brothers and sisters and hold them accountable to the Word of God and to how they're living. If you're my brother and you're my sister in Christ and you are flirting with somebody, I have a right to say, Sister, what are you doing? Oh, you're judging me. No, I'm just holding you accountable to the Word of God. You may call it judging. I'm bringing a loving correction to, dis- to help you understand that you're going to go the wrong route. Sometimes God uses correction. The Bible says no correction is good, but it's painful in Hebrews. But afterwards, 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 it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. But you can't get to that until your meekness says they're not attacking me. See, that's the key. Meekness says, just receive it. When la- was the last time someone even challenged you because you're so high and mighty? No one could ever correct you. Can I say something powerful here from the Holy Ghost? Meekness gives you the ability not to be quickly offended. Offended. If you find yourself always getting offended by some little thing, your meekness measure is small, and I'm going to prove it to you at the end here. I know that didn't sound good to some of y'all, but it's okay. You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know why I don't see the tithe? A lot of people say, you know, the I don't see the tithe today. Up to this day, this is six six and a half years. I don't know who gives. I don't know what leader gives by choice. You know why? Because I don't want to be manipulated by what I say based on the giver. So I don't care if you're a rich person or a poor person. I'm going to tell you the truth. And if the truth offends you, take it up with the truth giver. The truth writer, not the speaker, not the messenger. The truth is that if you get easily offended, your strength and meekness is small. And I'm going to prove it to you. If you fail in adversity, listen to me now. This is the last thing. How do we measure our level of meekness that's in operating us do we just go like this and say oh I got 50% meekness today or do we say oh ooh, I got 90% meekness today today's going to be a good day have you ever thought about that how do we measure the level of meekness inside of us I'm going to tell you one of the ways that you measure it is by how you and I respond to adversity that's how you measure it put that slide up there guys This is the last slide. One way to measure the level of meekness operating us is how we respond to adversity. Everybody say adversity. Now, here's the last scripture and then we're going to pray. Are you getting something? Proverbs 24.10. See, here's the beautiful thing. I'm under no pressure to produce a service like, like, like last Sunday just because some people want it. I'm going to bring the word and let the word do whatever he wants. All right? Proverbs 24.10. Watch this. Here it goes. If you faint in the day of adversity. Now watch this. Your strength is, let's read it again, under the eyes of meekness. If, you're, if you faint in the day of adversity, your, what? What is one of the Greek definitions of meekness? Controlled Strength. If we get offended when there's adversity, meekness needs to be developed in our lives. And to me, I'll be honest with you, adversity and affliction, my affliction that I I carry, has produced meekness when I didn't want it to be produced in me. Some people would say, man, the old PG, the old Pastor George would have said this and would have said that. I'm like, that's the old Pastor George meekness is developed through the fire. Come on somebody. I said meekness is developed through the fire. Meekness is developed through adversity. Meekness is developed through hardship. Meekness is developed through people slandering you and gossiping you and you still have to get up and love on them. Meekness is developed when you shut your mouth, when everything in you wants to speak out negatively, and then you grow in character and Christ-likeness. And God says, I could trust that person with my anointing. I could trust that person with my presence. I could trust that person with a position because they've been tested through the fire. And they've allowed meekness to control their tongue. Oh, glory to God. I want everyone to stand up. Come on. I want everyone to stand up right now. Before we pray, I want you to think of something. Do we give up and speak negatively when adversity comes? Just think about that. Close your eyes for a second. Do I give up easily when adversity comes? Do I blow up easily when, when things don't go my way? Do I have emotional responses with my mouth when adversity hits or when situations arise? Do I blow up easily in anger? Are my words sharp, more than usual? Listen. Listen. Do I allow godly people to correct me from time to time? Or do I get agitated and defensive when God is trying to bring loving correction into my life through people? The meekness is central to all of this. Meekness is control strength. Hallelujah. God has given us an opportunity to measure our strength when it comes to self-control hallelujah there's great power and dominion to those who walk in weakness there's great power there's great wisdom to those who walk in meekness the lord wants you to know that as you yield to this principle he calls you blessed he said blessed are those who yield to meekness to become meek and allow god to fight their battles not to be a floor mat Not to be a floor mat for people to step on, but to allow the Holy Spirit and the character of God to have restraint and humility under control. Because if you don't, the destructive poison of anger will start coming out of your heart. And that unrestrained anger is the enemy to meekness. But meekness is the ability to keep us unoffended, come on, to keep us with a place of character and likeness, Come on, we're going to worship the Lord today, and we're going to ask God to develop meekness in our lives. Come on. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.